0: Metacreek mounts. Have you heard of them? They manufacture universal red dot rib mounts that directly mount onto your shotgun without drilling or tapping your receiver. If your shotgun has a rib, their mounts will fit. Metacreek mounts provide optimal red dot placement for your hunting situations by providing a clear field of view. Metacreek mounts provide optimal red dot placement for your hunting situations by providing a clear field of view. They are designed for hunters by hunters. Their universal mounts include adapters to fit any rib shotgun. And if your vision is like mine, subpar of trying to look down the barrel and put a bead on something, get Metacreek Mounts. Put your red dot on there. You get to see in your game with a better view. And right now when you go to Metacreekmounts.com and upon checkout, use promo code YOLT to get you a ten percent discount. Welcome to today's episode of the YOLT YOLT Show Podcast. Thank you for everybody that's been here. We want to remind everybody that we think Barnes Crossing in New Albany, Chevrolet for getting me around and helping me haul those pigs and do shows wherever I need to be, and not forget that Hog Eye Trap Cameras is today's sponsor as well. They've always kept me up to date on catching those pigs. That being said, thank y'all so much for being here. I have a nice guest today, Mr. Ryan Boyd of Quick Catch, and it's a wildlife YouTube. Uh... He has invited me into his uh, home in his area. We are actually down here in Florida, sitting in the living room of a little old camp house right now, just talk about life and what we do. Y'all know that I catch hogs, and he also catches hogs, and anything else with fur feelings or scales or slime, I guess. It's good to have you on the show, buddy. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Well, we've uh, eaten good Uh, today.
1: We actually ate, what did you say we ate? Man, we had stingray. And we had some fresh picked chanterelle mushrooms straight from the woods. <laughs> yeah, he said,
0: and they were really good. They were really good. I wouldn't have known what to cook them or how to cook them or even getting them out of the woods. We were riding around on the, the Ranger and whatnot. He's like, You want some mushrooms? I'm like, <laughs> They kind of frown on that in Mississippi if you go grabbing mushrooms out of the woods and whatnot. So, but man, he he cooked them up good and, and as an appetizer. And we, he said we had a little stingray and smoked chicken and, oh, uh, Nice salad. So the bellies are full and
1: now the, the kids are in bed. He's, All three of them. <laughs> he's got triplets. Tri- Triplet boys. They're two and a half years old, so we got our hands full. Life's a little bit like a dumpster fire right now, <laughs> but I wouldn't trade it for the world. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, it'll get better
0: or you'll just get used to it. That's usually the way it happens. But uh, Ryan, you, uh, so you're a trapper in this area. You, of course, you do everything. You have a, a hunting ranch here where we're at now, but but let's dive into actually what you do. So I'm telling the folks you have a
1: YouTube channel called It's a Wildlife. It's a Wildlife. Yep, and pretty much all we do is just bring a camera around to what we normally do every day. Um, big or small, we catch them all. I mean, anything, like you said, with fur or feelings, we're going to we're gonna try to catch and we try to get animals out of people's homes and in places, usually when they get into places that they shouldn't be. Um, and we get a lot of that in Florida. And there's so many people in Florida, particularly Northeast Florida. And so we have a lot of human animal encounters and people move down from New York and New Jersey and they're scared of everything that's alive, that's not human. And that's when we come in.
0: That's right. That's right. I get a lot of calls. Uh, people have watched me on my Facebook and YouTube of, of catching critters out of homes and out of yards and whatnot. But uh here in, from where I'm at in, in the south of in Mississippi, you know, it's not a whole lot of people that say that's, moved there. They're just hometown folks. So they know if they got a raccoon in an attic, you know, it's not a big deal. But here, uh, the state of Florida, I guess, what what do y'all call the people that move down here The uh, in the winter? Yankees. T- <laughs> well, they're kind of like a bluebird or something. Uh, uh, snowbirds. Snowbirds. Yeah, snowbirds. Yeah, snowbirds. So these people move from up north that probably have never encountered critters or animals you know, on a daily basis, like us, so I could see probably where y'all get. It's probably I ain't saying frantic with these people, yeah, but th-
1: yeah, there's not a lot of do-it-yourselfers. I mean, they're they may be from a concrete jungle, and most of them are. They they move down here and they want a little bit of freedom, but they don't really real research what they're moving into. I mean, Florida is wild, right? Right. I mean, the whole southeast is wild, but Florida, we got all the invasives down in South Florida: the iguanas, the pythons, the tegus, all that stuff. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, uh, so
0: do you have, uh, so like I said, we're down here, me and him down here, I'm, I'm helping him uh, move some stuff over on a camera system, with the whole guy camera system, and that's what our job, we're going to do tomorrow and whatnot, and uh, trying to show him, like I said, he catches hog. You just caught like
1: 29? We caught, tw- yeah, I caught 29, and I'm just shy of your record of 30. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was trying to beat, man, as I'm riding his coat. To- no, actually, my previous record was 20, and so my buddy of mine, just right down the road here in North Central Florida, he called me about a year ago and said, man, we're starting to get some hogs on the property, but we enjoy shooting them. I said, just wait. And then he's about six months later, he said, yeah, they're getting pretty bad, man. He's like, but we got a buddy that's coming and he's bringing a trap. And it's like a four foot by eight foot little cage box trap that slides into the bed of your truck. I said, man, you, good luck. you know." And they caught one. They caught one big old sow and they caught zero after that. No more. And they wouldn't go anywhere near the trap. So we went over there about, I guess, two weeks ago, set up a trap. And I think it was the third night, 29 of them in there. I said, man, and I went on live and I'm watching and watching their behavior. Heads are down. You know, if heads are up and they're coming in and out, I'm going to let them get comfortable for a night or two because I don't want to hit that drop and that one or two second delay, you know, hogs escape because it's not, as you know, it's not about the hogs you catch. It's about the hogs you leave behind. And so, yeah, there was 29 in there. That's awesome,
0: man. Like I said, it's always good to have, and it feels good when you know you made that kind of dent in it, you know, and and, uh, and whatnot. So, but it ain't no easy feat of just catching. Like I said, a lot of people think it's just easy to go out there and catch. And, and like you said, you, you brought up about the box trap. I call that the old meat trap. That's what your granddaddy used just to have something to catch a hog with or, uh, you know, to have some meat and whatnot. But it's not a uh, wildlife management tool not anymore
1: I've I've watched these we used to be fairly successful with those types of traps but over the past I'd say seven to eight years I've watched these hogs encountered witnessed them getting smarter and so we're having to we're having to get smarter in our trapping methods because these hogs are intelligent now all the dumb ones have been caught that's the ones I caught that's what, That's,
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell people. I just catch all dumb hogs, and then everybody else come in and catch you know catch the, the rest of them, whether they're using thermals or, or dogs or whatnot. But, oh... So what else, so when you go in, so I just want to dive in, because everybody knows the hog and, and, and uh, the hog trapping part of from from what I do. So they kind of understand you're kind of in the same game and we have to use electronics and, and know when we're catching hogs and and uh, what we're catching. But you get into some other things that are, are fairly crazy, uh, what I call crazy, because I ain't
1: fooling with no alligators. Oh, man, I love it. Bigger the better. So yeah, we, so I'm a nuisance, or I was a nuisance trapper up until I moved uh, away from that county, which I stepped down from the position just because now I wrangle boys, two-and-a-half-year-old two boys. I mean, so I can only be spread so thin. But I loved catching the alligators. We'd get nuisance calls. We'd get gators in pools. We'd have gators on front porches. We'd have gators in schools, just getting in places where they shouldn't be. Yeah. And uh, it's not the alligators' fault. you know. It's, there's so many people, and they're moving into a swamp. And so I love catching the alligators, man. Bigger the better.
0: Man, if a, if an alligator got in a school in Mississippi— it would be like a. It would be equivalent to like two inches of snow. It'd be shut down for for three four weeks. Oh, <laughs> it'd be man. shut down for the rest of the week for sure. Oh, for sure, uh, for and sure. I, and I think, like I said, I don't do the alligators. I've been alligator hunting one time in South Florida, and you know we we caught the alligator with a chicken or something, and then we hit it with
1: a bang stick. Bang stick. See, all these we catch alive. So I've actually got a big, giant Yeti cooler that I throw my – any alligator smaller than seven feet, I can fit in that cooler, and then the bigger gators would fit behind the cooler, basically under my toolbox, and I'd tie them up, blind them, you know, put a – tape their eyes up, tape their mouth, tape their – tie that rope them behind their uh back there and um yeah i might have seven or eight alligators in the back of my truck but they're all alive and they're going to the processor No, oh so and you that, take it to the processor like, alive yep hold the meat longer yep. or whatever okay and then any, anything under four foot four foot would get uh relocated so over four foot they have such a great rehoming ability that you could relocate them and they might end up back in the same pool or in the same area just two or three days later no dog.
0: I saw a video one time on I don't know if it was Instagram, TikTok, or what it was. Is they were loading up an alligator in the back of a truck, and the tail just like knocked out one dude. Yeah, the head. <laughs> yeah, he swung yeah. that head around. That's like a
1: cinder block. Yeah. You got to yeah. be careful, no. and You really got to be careful because even though they're taped up, they're such a powerful animal, and they recharge. So you can wear. It's all about wearing down the alligator. So you get him worn down by working and poking at him. It looks like you're poking and prodding him, but you're just wearing him out. And then his batteries are down, but what people don't realize it. You tie him up, you tape him up, and then people want to get pictures with him. And then he's he's just laying there in the sun. He's recharging. So that's exactly what happened in that video. He was laying in that driveway. They're getting their pictures, whatever. they re, he's recharging. They pick him up to put him in the bed of the Truck and he swings around and knocks that hit t- that guy perfect. Just yeah. clipped him right on the chin.
0: Lights out. Knocked him out by a gator. No, I ain't. And I think a lot of it. Like you're y'all. You, you obviously I would say you respect them, but not necessarily scared of them. I mean, a lot of people that fool with that are not scared. Like I'm not scared of a hog. I just respect it. You know what I mean? Like I know it could hurt you, but like for. Normal people like me, like if I saw one in a parking lot of a Walmart, you know, I'd probably be the guy taking a picture and filming. But ain't no way I'm going to go up there and grab him by the tail or, or put a noose on him.
1: Yeah, I'm, it's like I'm not scared of a boar hog, but I know what he exactly what he's capable of. So I'm not getting in a trap with a 250-pound boar hog without something to block him from being able to take a chunk out of my thigh. Same with an alligator. I know what they're capable of. I know how they move. And, man, reptiles in itself are unpredictable. I mean, you can kill them, and they still can. <laughs> I mean, I've had venomous snakes where I've cut the heart out of, of venomous snakes that we've had to kill and an hour later, that thing's still beating in my hand of like an eastern diamondback. Reptiles are crazy. No, I ain't fooling none of that. I ain't fooling no snakes. Oh, you know, and
0: you you, you obviously, I shared a, a video earlier of you picking one up out of the road and moving it or whatever. I mean, I didn't even know what kind of snake it was.
1: Yeah. Um, so, th- that was actually a just a corn, not a corn snake, but a gray rat snake. And they get killed all the time because the people think they're a diamondback because they kind of have a checkered diamond pattern. Um, but yeah, ever since the early age, ever you know, I'd see a snake and I'd run after it and hands on. I caught my first hog when I was 12 with a homemade snare and had no idea what to do with it. My dad came and helped me get it out of the trap and just turn it loose, but every Ever since then, man, I got the itch. I was hooked. Close wasn't close enough. I had to get hands on. Right. Yeah, I'm not a...
0: Yeah, I've only been hog trapping for the last five, six years with electronic style, but I enjoy the outdoors, but I just ain't ever been one to want to grab snakes or uh, bugs. You know, I mean, I'm a country boy, but I ain't. You know, I just ain't never been involved in that. But I see your stuff and like I said, you go and catch the raccoons and the howls and the squirrels and all uh, like I said, the reptiles and, and whatever whatever else and
1: all of it. man. mean, we do bats, a lot of bat removal. We do uh obviously the hogs, Canadian geese, muscovy ducks, um some in South Florida with big pythons and lots and lots of iguanas down there. Python. And uh yeah, big python. Now, Gloria Ann, my wife, she there's a video on YouTube. She actually crawled into a culvert and pulled out a 10-foot python. She was the only one small enough to fit in there and grab it. it y'all was married at the time. She, we were married. Yeah, we were married. <laughs> and we're still married.
0: <laughs> Man. <laughs> hey, baby. Oh, you think you could just go in there and get that 10-foot python? <laughs>
1: She's a freaking we, rock star.
0: <laughs> we'll pull you out if anything happens. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I nah, mean, do those
0: snakes try to wrap you up? I mean, like, obviously, I watch movies like the movie Anaconda, you know, where it, it eats people.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, with a python, it's it's going to be in defense mode. And so, there's there's kind of a lot to it um, as far as explaining the mechanics of a snake, if you will. But if he was coiled up and had his head back with two or three feet of neck, if a snake has a neck. I don't know if a snake really has I parts. I know what you're saying, though. If <laughs> a snake, I don't know if a snake really has parts, but I'd call it his knee. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) but if he had his head back ready to strike I'm not going to send her in that culvert but this thing was stretched all the way out flat head flat so I knew that snake had to come back in order to strike forward so I sent her in there told her just to go up above and come straight down right behind his head and then we're going to pull her and that's what we did we pulled her out with the snake and she had the snake by the neck and so we pulled her out before that thing had a chance to wrap her up or any of that stuff y'all from Florida I'm from Florida she's originally from South Carolina Charleston I'm I'm just trying to figure that
0: out like there ain't no way I can send. I mean, my wife will find like a spider in the bathtub, and she'll leave and won't come back home until I come. I can only imagine sending my wife in there to grab a snake. Yeah, just reach it's a, in a there. true test of love. Man. Yeah, just grab her by the back of the neck. <laughs> you just here, baby. crawl in there. Come here, baby. Let me show you how you grab a snake in the back of the neck. <laughs> No, i am tell you right now, my wife ain't going to do
1: that. It, uh, I guess that's a, she's a special one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The average girl wouldn't pays. just crawl into a culvert and grab a big snake. But. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> oh, okay. It's
1: all for the gram, man. They're all for the, gra- Anything yeah. for the gram. Bring it for the
0: uh, social media. Maybe it's for money. That's what I tell people all the time. She's like, you so silly on, on social media. I'm like, baby, got to gotta make that money, you know? Uh, but I ain't grabbing no snake. Oh, I actually got a so I got a rattlesnake. I had a guy give me a big long rattlesnake. He killed like a five footer and uh, he gave it to me and I went over and took it and put it in my dad's deep freeze because I'm going to use it for, I got a YouTube video I'm going to use it for and uh, so the guy gave me this dead snake or whatever the head's cut off of it and uh, because the guy was not going to tote it out of the woods with the head on it and uh, (laughs) he, he gave it to me and my dad is like me, he's definitely afraid of snakes, probably even worse. And anyway, I put this black sack, and it's in his deep freeze, and he don't know it. <laughs> so if he goes in the deep freeze looking for, like, you know, what he's going to cook up. He might have a heart attack. <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> so I ain't told him. At least it's frozen. Yeah, it's frozen, but he's going to see it, and he's definitely probably going to trip over something in there. But I oh, guess what else we get into, you have been bit by a hog before. Is that right?
1: I have, yeah. Um, so, and
0: complications that come along
1: with it. A lot of complications. We're, I'm, um, man, I'm still working through it. But um, we've actually got a. a- class this week with Mayo Clinic. And um, they think what I have is is something called central sensitization syndrome or CSS. And it can stem from a traumatic event. It can stem from uh, something like that where what what the doctors have, and I've, this is a long story, very short. I've seen probably 50 or 60 different doctors. I was flying to DC every three months being treated. And what uh, the most recent doctors are saying is they, they think I got brucellosis from the hog bite and it came in, in did all this damage to my body and all the antibiotics that I've been on since then killed the brucellosis but the remaining damage is still there and so long story short this hog I caught it with a dog my dog Brandy at the time and we were riding through this neighborhood this is a neighborhood we managed for hogs right on the edge of the intercoastal waterway so a lot of marsh a lot of swamp tons of hogs in there and this particular hog was tearing up this pond and he was always in there when I wasn't there I'd get there at lunchtime it, middle of the day hog backside of this pond is like he'd root around and roll in the Mud and and I tried to catch him four or five times he wasn't ever there and so finally I pulled in and I had a buddy of mine with me and we see the hog and so we Brandy saw her before we did saw the hog and we turn her loose and she ran over there and smashed that thing grabbed a hold of him about a 50 pound hog and I go over there and throw the hog down put my knee on the hog getting ready to tie him up well here he's squealing squealing like crazy well I hear something behind me I hear that oh, 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 and I turn around and here comes the a, a big sow about 150, 175-pound sow, comes flying out of the bushes straight towards me, and she ended up bluff-charging me. I mean, she got probably two or three feet and darted and turned and took off, but just in that amount of time where I took my eyes off the one under my knee, he reached out and grabbed my two fingers. I must have got my hands too close to his mouth. He grabbed these two fingers, and the guy that's with me, I'm freaking out. I'm like... Well, he's, he's jumping around. He's like, what do we do? I couldn't get my fingers out of the hog's mouth. Could not get him out of his So he grabbed my knife on my belt, start stabbing the hog and as he's stabbing the hog, I'll never forget I felt the jaws grinding down on my fingers just back and forth. People don't realize how strong a hog bite is but I mean, they're the only animal in the wild that can crack a hickory nut just with their jaws. That's right. That's right. They're... I mean, unbelievably Golly. powerful. So I he had to kill the hog to get my fingers out of the mouth of, of this hog and I just said emergency room because it was my... Pointer finger on my right hand was just chewed down to the bone. God. And it wasn't until about a week after that I started getting all these symptoms brain fog and really? fatigue, uh, you know, heavy, hard heartbeat, shortness of breath. And then that was in July of 2015. And then in November, I started getting muscle and joint pains all throughout my body. And uh, man, it was rough. I went from 170 pounds to 133 in about three months. Dang! Well, and I so,
0: I had all those same symptoms until you got to the weight loss parts <laughs> Really? So I was sitting there going, "Man, I might have. I ain't been bit by no hog, but you know, God, it's just it's crazy." But so, and you had to do. You were showing me earlier, like where you just taking a grip, and it was just like I could hear your the grinding in a grip.
1: Yeah, all the the knuckles, all my knuckles just kind of crack and ache, and it feels like I have an 85 year old body. But this class for taken Wednesday and Thursday. It's supposed to, the doctors are hopeful. They said, I'm going to be able to turn down the pain, turn down the brain fog, turn down the fatigue, help you to get better sleep at night. And um, man, I tell you, with that and everything we have going on and then the triplet boys, it's just, it, it's a wild life. That is definitely a wildlife. So y'all don't forget as well.
0: Don't forget to go check out his YouTube channel. It's a wildlife. Uh, he's he's got a pretty good following there, and uh, we actually recently learned that we got <laughs> we got the same follower. <laughs> yeah. Shout, Shout out, out to, to Earl, Earl, yeah. <laughs> Earl my man. <laughs> so uh, Earl's a good uh, follower. He shows up. On time every, every time. time, man. I hope he hears this. <laughs> We're thinking about you, Earl. That's right, Earl's the man. Oh, man, but it, that's up there. Oh, like I said, what What do you, what is the, like I said, it's about you because everybody kind of knows about me, but oh, do you, can you think of like a time when like when you're trapping something? Has there ever been like maybe the, I don't say the worst thing to do or the craziest thing that you ever trapped or? situation-wise. I
1: I get asked that question all the time, as I'm sure you do. What's the craziest thing you've ever caught? And I usually tell them Lyme disease (laughs) (laughs) or brucellosis. But uh, no, we got this call one time from a pest control operator, a pest control guy, and he was doing a WDO inspection, a wood destroying termite inspection on this home. And he's crawling underneath the house. This was an above-grade house, so it's got a crawl space. It was about probably two feet off the ground underneath this home, and he's crawling under there looking for any type of termite damage. So he said, he, he calls us and he said, I was crawling underneath this house and I hear this rattling sound. I look over and there's a rattlesnake. And then I hear it all around me. And I look over to my right and there's two more nest of rattlesnakes. So he backs back out of there and he calls us. So it's one thing crawling underneath the house, knowing that there could be snakes under there. It's another thing entirely crawling underneath the house. that has got plumbing above you and, and right. insulation and electrical wires I mean these snakes that could, could be, be above you uh, a million places to hide so that was one that really sticks out we went in there and we we ended up getting one out of there and we think the other two had left like he spooked them you know when they when he left they left but yeah we've got man that was a scary one yeah that's gotta be
0: like I've been called for uh to check a house for snakes I had, actually had a lady get bit by uh I don't know snakes you know but it was a copperhead something a lady was actually putting mulch or something in her yard uh, pine straw, and she got bit on her finger. And luckily, I think it was—I say luckily—I mean, I guess being bit by a poison snake or is it poisonous or venomous.
1: It, you know, people are really will dispute you about that and argue it's venomous. But if you look at what poison is, it's a substance that causes yeah, right, damage. So I, so. Okay, so that, that yeah, I get people thing. all the time. I don't get nitpicky. Yeah, a lot, of I a lot of these herbatologists will be like, it's venomous.
0: Yeah, I get it all the time, man. It's it's this or it's that. And I'm like, that'll be all right. But I had to let it get bit by a copperhead and I had to go under the house same way and check and make sure the snake wasn't under because she saw it go under there or whatever and I'm sitting there thinking, well, I mean, I don't mind doing it, but at the same time, plumbing above your head, you're you're going under the, the sewer pipes, you know, it's a conventional type house so it's off the ground and you don't know if that thing done got Wrapped up there and just falls on you falls yeah, anywhere. I, I, and and I did it, but uh, I didn't charge her. But we traded on. She had a squirrel problem, and I told her what kind of squirrel trap to get. I think it was like one of those squirrelinator traps or something. And she bought me one. So and then I started doing a few squirrel jobs with it, and, and it worked out. But but yeah, and I don't know. I can't ever. I really can't ever think about like what's the craziest thing I've ever called. I'm like you.
1: It's a hard question. Like you'd think it'd be so simple because of all the stuff that we do, but it's it's like you want to give them a good answer. Yeah,
0: you, you want. They want. To, some people just want to have this this thing that you're going to say. Oh man, that's crazy, you know. But reality, I mean, to me, it's just it's normal. Some, a lot of us just normal, so we we do it. And uh, you know, my biggest. Thing, I can tell you what the biggest hog I caught three fifty. But I, you know, I can't tell you what the craziest hog I ever caught. You know, as far as just. Dude,
1: ha- I can. <laughs> I can. I got one. So we have it. We had this red hog, and I don't know if in your experiences, redder hogs the mean ones? I know, in like women wise, a redhead is really. Yeah, manger. same thing with hogs. <laughs> same thing, with, same, thing. <laughs> same way. So, this hog was about 80 pounds. And at the t- you know, in Florida, we can castrate him and, and uh, relocate him or castrate him and take him to game preserves or hunting preserves. I know that's different in Mississippi. This particular hog, we had him in a pen and we were going to castrate him just to try to feed him, fatten him up and make sausage out of them. So most hogs, when you castrate them, they're going to squeal right. when, you can, when you're yeah, cutting them. Yeah, I would too. 100%. <laughs> I'd probably just pass out. But So this hog didn't squeal. Literally, we are castrating, and he just goes, mm. that's all he did. So we said, dang. This sucker is for real. So we castrate him and get him all doctored up and put a little bit of you know antiseptic on there. And we jump up, and he chased us out of the pen, and we look over and he, he's walking over and he sniffs his manhood that's laying on the ground, picks it up and starts chomping on it and eating it. And he's staring us, he's staring me into my very soul as he's chomping on this. <laughs> that is a true story. No. I said, man, I, if I ever, if that ever happens to me, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna find him and just chew on him and stare the person right in their.
0: <laughs> it makes me think, so my buddy, JP, and uh was in the marines and he he told me some few stories you know and and I'll let him tell them but you know I also had a uh uh I'm a I'm a I'm not for war I'm just a buff of it you know a war buff I guess you say. you know I just enjoy listening to the stories and studying I, it yeah. studying and stuff like that and I had a I had a, a Vietnam veteran that I used to work with and uh yeah, he, uh, he always said that when he was being tortured, he said that little he said that little guy would come up there and he said he, I was tied up to this wood pole or whatever they had over there bamboo pole. He said that dude would look me in my eyes and he would take that little hammer. It's a little old hammer. He said it would just he said he'd hit my toes for hours. My toes, uh, my toenails. He said I'd do that for hours. And uh, anyway, <laughs> so it always made me think of torture. Like he would, always, and he told me he said in the day I escaped, that was the first one I killed. He said, that dude coming there, he, he he was a prisoner of war for three or four weeks. He said, that guy come in there every day, laughing, and hit him with his toe, Hit them toes while he was standing up, couldn't do nothing tied to that pole. And uh, he said, they escaped. And to go on with that story, they had a, uh, how he got caught. I say caught, you know, they were, uh, they got shot down out of helicopter, and it shot the helicopter uh, pilot, and he had to land it. And uh, he said, there was a many days I thought, I, I just wish I wouldn't have landed it, you know, he said, but but I got through it. But, but it made me think of that torture. <laughs> if You know, if you're ever tortured, if you torture somebody, you cut their nuts out, and that guy reached over and grabbed them, put him in his mouth, yeah. and just stared you down. <laughs> you went. <laughs> I'm done. I
1: surrendered. Surrender. That's the way to win a war right there. I was
0: just we were thinking about that hog just sat around and just ate them and just stared. I
1: thought that's what you were going to tell me happened to that guy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I should have just made that story up. But but yeah, it just made me think of like torture. Like I couldn't, I'm not, when it comes, even the hog, just the torture part of it. I'm not, I'm very weak. Like I can, I can see my own blood for a little bit, but somebody else cut, you know, I'm good with animals, but like something that could actually happen to us. I mean, if you cut, if you finger cut your nail and it bled enough, I'd I'd get sick, you know, but, uh, but I can't ever remember a lot of the stories, I have a lot of people tell me the stories like that I posted on social media from years back. And they're like, man, you remember that time when you got there? I'm like, man, I don't even remember. <laughs> I was like, glad you reminded me. It's just, yeah, it's just work. But hogs just become hogs to me. It used to be really fun. I remember when I used to, I mean, it's fun now, but I remember when, like when you first really get into catching hogs. And you drop that trap for like the first time. Like
1: your heart's beating out of your chest. Can't even go back to sleep. It's yeah. just like
0: killing a big old buck or something, like hunting a big old buck or something. And now it's, you know, I'm, I'm more cool with it, but I get
1: the... It's the same way with the gators too. I mean, at first it was just the funnest thing in the world and we'd all get together and me and my buddies, you know, that were agents, we'd get together and, and catch them. And then when you have to do it, when you have to catch four or five alligators today, it's just a little bit different. And it's still fun, but it's just, it doesn't have that... Uh, that it, of advantage of you know I get to do it, but it's it's about your mindset too. I mean this is an awesome job that you have and that I have. And that's right. I have so many people that are like, man, you got the coolest job in the world, and you got to just you got to remind yourself of it because when you do anything enough, it starts getting stagnant.
0: Yep, that's right. That's like I tell people all the time. I you know uh, tell my wife you know you get in a habit of saying I need I got to go do this today. I got to go do this today. But in reality, what we get to do is something that we get to do. I get you know for me. At this point in my life, I'm blessed enough to do what I like doing and make a living at it and have fun and, and then educate people. Now, I, I've seen that you you can educate people better than I can. You know, I'll be talking and then forget the educational part of it and just get into the fun part of it, you know. But uh, just being able to educate people on the hog trapping or just trapping in general, uh, the people that don't understand it. There's some people that will never understand it. And we'll have to get past those people, but there's some people that want to know.
1: Yeah, and I like to try to educate people, but, you know, I get comments frequently. It's like, hey, we came on here to watch you hunt. Stop talking so much. Or a little less talk, a lot more action. So it's, um, you know, I, I just tried to educate people on uh, just the reality of it. Man, can you imagine if there was no hog trappers? Like if we weren't allowed to trap hogs? That we we trap them in Florida and and maybe in Mississippi too year round, any legal method guns, grenades, any. You can do it at night. We can go out right now, pitch black, and go shoot hogs all night long, open season, no license required here in Florida. And they're still everywhere. So imagine what it would be like if we weren't. I come down here and shot one in Florida I did a, an event in Florida
0: and went out with the guy after the event we got a thermal he had a thermal drone and we could just literally park in the road he could fly it up over the fields he had you could find the hogs and then That's awesome. and then you could just go to any
1: one of those Yeah I
0: know. and uh it was fun but I'm just not a stay out late kind of person you know
1: I used to be but definitely not uh, anymore Yeah
0: Mm-mm, I don't even I, I'll wake up to catch hogs and I've got so adjusted to my hogs that like the the pre the pre part of it the feeding the scouting and all that I kind of know when the hog's coming in, so I don't really have to even set no- notifications anymore. So uh, I just kind of I got a mental mental p- mental picture of time or set uh, to wake up. So if they're coming in at one o'clock in the morning, my mind will tell me to wake up around. Really, one-ish.
1: no alarm or anything.
0: Yeah, because I don't hear them anymore.
1: I don't hear with them. that notification. Yeah,
0: I don't hear. Yeah, them. just so much. Yeah, I just I just don't hear them anymore. So I just put my mental game on my mental ma- mind clock and try to wake up around midnight or one o'clock. Check it and have it, and then hopefully. We- we catch a lot, so oh we'd catch a lot less if we didn't have the equipment we use
1: now. But Yeah, we've got a hog in a trap right now I'm looking at. Just a sow. And this is uh that same property I caught the twenty nine on. Just had a hog enter right now. But waiting on the big group. You know well, how it they, is. They
0: are definitely they're out there. But man, sometimes you can have big groups. I had a group of like thirty something and we baited up for three or four days and uh, got ready to go put a trap up. They just disappeared. But disappeared before I even put a trap up. They just it's that time of the year it's hot. And I, I tell people that all the time when people have hogs for three or four days at a feeder and they call me this time of the year and they run back and they just disappear. I tell them, I said they're just eating snails and, and frogs right now. They ain't leaving them bottoms. They ain't leaving out of that, that uh, slough or stuff like that. They, no, they're
1: going to stay near the water or in the water.
0: And we have so many bottoms in Mississippi that you just can't get everywhere. You know, you can't get a trap or you don't have signal down there. And if you use a trap that doesn't have to where you can control the drop, then you got to go in those bottoms every single day to see if you caught something uh, or if you could just caught one, or you got, or if you do catch something in those bottoms, it's so muddy, you got to drag all that out of the bottom because of the mud. And trust me, it seems like every time I set a trap.
1: Oh, yeah. I've seen your videos, man. You live in the mud. I mean, it's,
0: it's like it's, it's like it's done become, if I tear up something or it's pouring down rain or rain's coming right after I set a trap, you know, it's like the mud and the tearing up something has become part of my show. And it's not, neither one of them on purpose. <laughs> but uh, it just, it can, it can be tough. And I get a lot of people that, just like your job, you may have people that work with you and think that's going to be cool, and then it just ain't for them. You know, or I have people, you know, that buy hog traps, and then they realize there's a lot more work invested in what, you know, if, if they want to get out and kind of do it for a job or whatever. Uh, they realize there's a lot more work involved than what I show, because, you know, we're just editing their show. And, you know, they, they don't see every step of the way. You just give them a glimpse of it. You take a show for 20, 30 minutes, you know, but you had hours of time and possibly in time invested in setting up and baiting and scouting and, and all that. And then I'll get messages where people be like, you want to buy a whole trap? I'm like, I don't know how much you want for it. Or why are you getting out of it? Man, it's just too much. I can't, you know. And then I have some people that what I do is, like I said, I I started off as a hobby and YouTube just made it a living for me, basically. But people... uh. They think they can just go out there and, and say they're just going to make a bunch of money. Are they worried about how they're going to get their money back? If I buy this trap, they'll, they'll message me. If I buy a trap, how I get my money back? How much does it cost? How, how much you charge? I'm like, well, I mean, humbly, I say I'm I'm a professional at what
1: I do. You know, I can't tell you what to go charge. Yeah, it you know? might have taken me five years of studying and research to come up with how i charge what i charge and i get asked that a lot too like hey i'm starting a wildlife company in uh wherever in texas austin texas you know um how do i how do i do this how do i do that and i'm like well you know nobody gave me a pamphlet on how to do it i worked for and that's what i usually tell them i say find another wildlife trapper apply for them because they're probably hiring because they probably have more work than they can handle you know the physical part Um, And then work for them and learn the ropes. And that's what I did. You know, I worked for another company for two years and saw the need. When I started my company in in, uh, 2007, there was only two other companies in the whole Northeast Florida area that did it. Now there's dozens, a lot of come and go companies. um, But a lot of the big pest control companies are starting to dabble in the wildlife. And, you know, they don't do the big stuff. They don't do the big... You know, we've got 40 foot by 40 foot remote controlled drop nets uh, that we catch Canadian geese and Muscovy ducks and peacocks and a lot of the crazy stuff with. And you saw the big deer trap that's out there on our property. That thing's 60 feet across. I mean, I can catch probably Forty deer in that thing at one time with just dropping those four doors. Um, so the the technology of it has come a long way, and we're we're fully invested. We've got you know anything that's new that comes out that's innovative. I always am wanting to learn about it and try to try to keep up because, like I said, these animals, man, especially the hogs, they're as smart as they've ever been.
0: And they go and they just keep going. They just keep breeding. They just keep eva- uh, adapting to everything. It seems like. And yeah, if there's
1: any animal that's going to take over the world, I think it's going to be the wild hog. <laughs> <laughs> well it is it's
0: gonna be it's biblical. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's biblical <laughs> yeah <laughs> they' gonna be here to swine. oh so but like I said this it just while we're here, we got to keep it in contact you know and do a job that we can and, and a lot of people just don't understand they think you can relocate you know in Mississippi you can't relocate. We're such damage control with crop and everything else that that's where a lot of it comes was people would back in the day would would catch catch hogs here. And then turn them loose over here because they wanted hogs because it looked like something fun to hunt or you know stuff like that. But you didn't think far enough down the road that it was really this bad, you know. And uh, and and that's okay because people just didn't know. But you know, I get a lot of calls of people like, why can't we uh, hunt the public lands with hogs in the summertime? Why is it got to be? Well, when you when you have a hog issue like we do, that puts a value on the hog, which means like me, I don't own no land, so. If I love to run dogs on hogs, the only option I got is to hunt it on public land, right? Well, if public land hunting was all you had and you love running hogs, chances are you would move hogs in there. And state of Missouri, and that come from the state of Missouri because I got a lot of fans in Missouri and they ask like, they won't let us hunt the hogs that they say they got. Well, it's because they're trapping them. Okay, they're trying to trap them the way we trap them, try to get a hold of them because no other state has figured it out yet. Well, if you allow hog dogs on Public land during off seasons, what happens is people turn hogs loose in areas that they can hunt because they don't own the land they have no money invested other than taxes, and that's how hogs get out of control and I'm not blaming hogs
1: yeah, it's just yeah. natural it's just natural to you, say you well, want something to hunt and if there's nothing there you're gonna you know you're gonna so make a, it happen so in Mississippi, you're not allowed now
0: i believe uh certain times of the year on, on public land, uh, to do it as well, but we're just trying to get it under control in our state and I'm for any way we can get them. Uh, problem is that people that just don't have the problem, they don't care. So like me, if I didn't care, if I didn't, if I don't own any land, I would not in hog traffic. I don't care nothing about it. You know, so it don't bother them. The guy that owns a hundred acres is getting tore, slap up by 25 hogs, you know, uh, but if you don't own one, it don't bother you. So a lot of people, that don't bother. So then they're like, why are you messing with the hogs? You know, well, because they're bothering people that do have hogs, you know. But, so I don't know. It's just a, it's always an argument. We have it now that you can't even haul a live hog. Used to, you could haul a live hog to the processor. problem we were having was you had to, all right, so you had to get a permit. And you had to, they give you a permit number to haul a wild hog to the processor. And they may say, well, we got... X amount of hogs, but they didn't have X amount of hogs. They might say they had five hogs, but they had they had ten in that tra- in that trailer. Well they ride by old Mr. John's place where they can hunt anytime they want to and they drop off five. So they always had a place to hunt. And the reason I know this because I hung with some of these people. Not that I've ever done it, but I hung around these people. So and then you've had people so you used to, you could get a permit. You could if you caught some pigs or some piglets, just say you caught in those box traps, you know you always catch the small pigs that the big ones won't go in there you could take them and you could take them home and put them in a pen the problem is it don't have the same laws as if you own horses or cows if your horses or cows got in the road and they got run over you're responsible for that car possibly responsible for that car in a wreck if your if your animals got in a, in a in the road and caused damage hogs well all you you didn't have nothing invested you take them home you put them in a crappy pen and then they just get out well you're not chasing them you are not looking for them cuz why they're wild hogs and they're going to run off so they're not coming back Maybe maybe out of that ten you had three that come back. Now where a place that you didn't have hogs has got hogs in your backyard, and if you don't do nothing with them, well if those are young hogs, so within the year, the next, the following year, you're looking at seven hogs that could potentially turn into twenty hogs easily. So uh, a lot of people just don't understand that, but I try to explain it to them. Well, nobody's against you having hogs or eating hogs or even hunting hogs. They're just against the spread of hogs where they you know constantly spreading and they're not keeping up.
1: And there's a lot of risk involved. We have to have a feral swine dealer license to be able to transport any hog alive, and it has to, the only way you can take it. You have to take it to a designated facility or a licensed hunting preserve. And realistically, I think it's a problem. I don't think you should be able to take hogs to a licensed hunting preserve because we got what they call hurricanes here in Florida, and all these licensed hunting preserves. There's down trees all the time that take the fence down. and The hogs get out. So it's like, do you really want to? Does Florida Fish and Wildlife really want to take care of the hog problem, or do they see it as an asset as a way to generate more of those hunters' dollars? Because hogs are extremely destructive to all of our native wildlife. They're not meant to be here. They're not native. Eat and everything. They, eat everything. We can't. Ground nesting birds, quail, turkeys, deer fawns. I mean, if we can't
0: if we can't put a shed up because there might be a snail that lives in that place of which, where where you want to build a shed, they'll shut you down. But we can haul a, a hog that potentially get away. And then go eat up all the snails. You know, it's, it's so but one brings more money than the other, Our revenue, or tax dollars, and and it's what it all comes down to. But our state it's is politics. I see it politics every time. Every time it's politics. But I always tell people, the hogs I catch, they don't have a chance to breed again. You know, they're dead. And and if we had a live market for it for even like Texas, if you had you could take it to a processor, I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to get my money, but where we're at in those bottoms, you can't get a live trailer down there. If you got it down there, you couldn't get it out. I can barely get my stuff down there, you know? So it's a little bit different than like Texas or... Something like that. We got, or maybe here we got a little
1: bit better roads. But and I'm all for like once they're killed, using that meat. You know, yeah. giving that meat to somebody that can eat it because you know it's still an animal. You know, we we don't we want to take out as many hogs as we can and manage that population. But it's still an animal, still one of God's creatures. We respect it, and um, you know, when I hate waste of any kind.
0: Yeah, I do too, and I tell people all the time. You know, I'll I'll feed a buzzer pile, and 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 it'll make the circle of life. But at the same time, you know, in in our state, they try to tell, you know, or even people tell you, you know, you talked about the brucellosis. I don't know how you say it. Brucellosis. Yeah, you talk about that and and stuff that you can get. And they worry about diseases. You know, I always tell people just keep the grease hot. You know, and some people's like, some of our government officials believe that's not even enough. But I had a government official tell me that one time. And I told him, I said, well, until you can stop 100% of letting veterans eat out of dumpsters, live under the bridges, I don't want to hear about not being able to, Feed a low-income person, but you you would let that low-income person eat out of a dumpster and do nothing about it, even if it was on the top news channel. You still wouldn't do nothing. But if you can take the opportunity and go feed a half a community, and you say, well, somebody might die from it, but they ain't got nothing to eat, or they might not have freezers where they can get meat. You know, uh, that's why you pray over your food. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> you know, but I mean? they might get a bad chicken sandwich at a uh, you know Wendy's yeah. and it, undercooked. And my brother, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't. They don't do nothing about that, you
0: know. But I'm saying, it's that's what I tell. You. When you ask the Lord, take this food and nourish it for my body. You don't say, oh, make sure I don't want to get brucellosis, You know, <laughs> you know, you're, you, if you're hungry enough. But I, I did. I told an official one time. I was like, do well, you can get the veterans, keep them from eating out of dumpsters. I don't want to hear nothing about me feeding poor folks. You know, or our, our low income. It ain't just poor; just low income. Just everybody can't afford to fill their freezer up. But anyway, well, that's just a little bit of talk, I guess, on today that I had. And we're down here. And like I said, tomorrow we're going to do some whole camera trap swapping over stuff. I say we are. Now, they trained me how to do it, but they did it on a diagram. They didn't do it hands-on. So, if we're just adding a camera, we might destroy the trap. Who knows what I do? Because everything I touch seems to break. <laughs> well, I hope not. Oh, but anyway, anyway, like I said, y'all check out It's a Wildlife and... uh on YouTube. Check it out. He's got some good stuff and you'll 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 learn a lot of stuff too and have a good time with it. But uh I guess that's it for us this evening. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to go to YachtYacht.com, YachtYacht YouTube and Facebook and and uh we appreciate you we'll see you on the next Yacht Yacht Talk Show.
1: Y'all have a good one. God bless and as always Jesus loves you. <coughs>